Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show and welcome to episode 200. Crazy. It is insane. I started this podcast on December 9th of 2018 and almost five years later, we have hit episode 200. Along the way, I've met so many of you. Uh, I've had so much support with this project from friends, family, friends I've made along the way, people I've never met that just send positive vibes my way, and so many more. You know, Line Cook Thoughts for me has been such a special part of my life over the last almost five years. I've made incredible friends. I've made incredible connections. I've had a lot of opportunity in my career from Line Cook Thoughts. There's just been so, so much that has come all good from this brand, from this podcast, from the page on Instagram, and so much more. My life has been changed drastically by this uh, podcast. Uh, like I said, from connections, from career opportunities, and just from the general sense of community I have with all of you. You know, I think for me, over the last five years, the biggest thing for me has just been showing up uh, and being able to do the podcast and being able to post on Instagram. I do have a pretty busy life outside of doing this. This isn't my full-time job. Uh, this is actually a side project I work on, and I put a lot of effort into it and spend a lot of hours. But life does get busy for me. Uh, and it can sometimes be very challenging to record and edit and post and do it all on my own. It's the only I'm the only person behind the podcast and I'm the only person that does any of this, really. I've had support along the way. One big shout out to Rebecca Cho for a lot of help building out the website and everything else and for countless friends for sharing it and so much more. But this is a lot. It is a lot of work. And the reason I come back to it time and time again is because all of you, for those who tune in, for those who listen, for those who dedicate 45 minutes to an hour every week and a half or so to just listen to what I have to say and the people I'm interviewing. So I just want to say a huge thank you. It's a big time commitment. Days worth of content out there now. And some of you have just listened to it all. So thank you all so much for listening. This episode is going to be 10 lessons I've learned from talking to cooks, talking to people in the food industry. I think there's 10 really important things, and there's many, many more, but if there were to be 10 that I would want to share for those in industry and those out of industry, these would be them. So I'm very excited for that. Before we begin, just a friendly reminder that every Monday I put out the Line Cook Thoughts prep list items newsletter. You go to linecookthoughts.com and hit subscribe after you put in your email, and every Monday you'll get a newsletter from myself, and you will be able to share that with friends, family as well if you share the link. But basically it's just tidbits of information, gear, etc., to get you going throughout your week. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review. It helps me get traction, lets me know what you like, and just lets me understand better what you think of the podcast. And finally, you may have heard of this new app called Threads, released by Instagram. It's Instagram's competition to Twitter. Line Cook Thoughts is on it, and within 24 hours, we've already gotten over 500 followers, so please go check it out at Threads. Same name, Line Cook Thoughts, and excited to see you there as well. I'm able to do a lot more quickly on threads, I feel like. So I'm very excited for this app, and I'm really going to be active on there. So feel free to say hi. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I am very pumped to be at episode 200. I look forward to episode 300 and beyond. But again, like truly, truly so grateful. Words can't express how grateful I am for you all that listen, that share, that and that have supported me, and for the people that have come on the show and made it what it is. So thank you all so much, and here we go. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ten lessons from talking to cooks. All right. So we spent quite a bit of time compiling a list of ten lessons that I've learned. This is not the ten lessons. There are many, many more. But a few points that I wanted to share, things I've learned from talking to people in the food industry for four and a half years. So number one. Never underestimate the passion projects people in food have. Example A being me, I would say, with flowing cook thoughts and with everything I do outside of work, but it's often the case that chefs, cooks, people in the food world have something they're very passionate about that isn't job adjacent, or if it is food related, it isn't directly tied into their job. And it's something that they just really, really are into, whether it be uh, an arts and crafts project, a musical instrument, um, something they do like media, a video game, a series, uh, activity like snowboarding. Like I've often found that if you're in food and you work a lot or if you work in food at all, you often have another thing you're putting your creative activities, juices, and outlets in. And for me, I think that is super, super important because as we've talked about on this podcast, Working, working in food can be stressful. Working in general is stressful. Having a full-time job is stressful. And having a spot to decompress, put your energy in, and just to be able to pick up and learn new things. You know, I gave the example recently of starting jiu-jitsu a few weeks ago. Or actually, it's been two months now. And just the idea of going into something new and learning it from the beginning, from the ground up, and just having nothing to do with my job or my career, it truly is an awesome experience. So many people in the food world have this. They have something that is important to them. They have a passion project that they really get into. I bring this up as a topic number one because I often think that we work in an industry that is very much just focused on the job and that's it. And I do think where the better operators in food, whether it be in restaurants outside of it, are able to like really be effective is when they are able to not only be interested in what their cooks or people that they work for that work for them are interested in, but also when they themselves show interest in what they do outside of work, what it is that makes them, you know, inspired or passionate. Because unless like you're like a very small 1%, you're not always thinking about food. There's always something else that you might be wanting to do um, at any given time. When things get stressful or when you just get burnt out, there's always something that you would rather be doing. Because that's just how we work as humans. Like when we get stressed out, we want to relieve that stress. So what do you put yourself into? And so for me, whenever I talk to people in the food world, I love to know and I love to hear about what they do outside of work and what they do outside of all of this. And I think you can learn a lot from that. And I think you as a person having that thing, having that activity, having that goal, having whatever it is that you're passionate about outside of your job, don't sleep on how important that is. Do not underestimate how integral that can be to reset, to give yourself the option to be creative to make life exciting and interesting, 
and to just feel like you're of value. Because I think if we get so tied up in food, so tied up in what we do in our jobs, and things go wrong, we start to lose it. We go off the rails. We question our validity. We question if we're good. And that's not good. That really isn't good. So I really, really, really want you to focus on that having something outside of your job is super important. And from people who have been on the show, from people who have come on and talked about what they do, having that, uh, I, I remember I talked to the photographer, Joseph Weaver, and he was really into Kintsugi, which is this Japanese art of, it's basically when something is broken, um, repairing it and like the broken parts of a, a vase or of an object that the lines that come from being broken and being put back together, that's the beauty in it. That's the art of it, the brokenness. And he was, we just spent so much of the podcast talking about that. And it was really interesting because he was so passionate about it. And I don't think a lot, of, I didn't know much about Kintsugi before that. And just hearing about that and learning about that and just hearing what made him tick was super special and was super important. And so I just, again, if you have something outside of food or if you are talking to someone and they're talking about what they're passionate about outside of food, don't write it off. Dive into it. Because A, it will help you gain a connection with them. And B, it just shows you where they're coming from, what excites them. And if you're operating and you're leading a team, knowing what makes people excited really helps you determine how you're going to lead them and manage them. So that is, that is the lesson number one that I will leave you with. Lesson number two is always make sure you see everyone. Everyone deserves a spot. I think it's cliche to say sometimes that like, you know, the, not cliche, but I think over the years we've realized that everyone in the kitchen is important. I think we went through a time where it was just a chef, it was just a celebrity, and everyone else kind of fell in line. But if you've ever worked on a Saturday night service and have lost your dishwasher, you'll know that that's not the case at all. It's often that that dishwasher was probably the most important person in the kitchen at that time. Everyone in a kitchen, everyone in a facility, everyone in a food environment is important. And I think even like as the higher you go in regards to where you're working or where you are in your career, I think really keeping that in the back of your mind and really using that as a guiding tenant is super important. There are so many people in this industry that are overlooked. There are so many people in this industry that are treated like they're reusable or that they can just be, you know, someone else can fall in line and do the same thing. But every single person that chooses to wake up and go make food or go make experiences for other people, that's a person that, in my opinion, holds high integrity and has high value. The fact that you would choose of all things in this world to go and spend your time making others happy through food, through a food experience, through hospitality. That is a special, special ask of someone. And I know some people just go to it because they want the job or some people just like it. But either way, like it's just it's still special. It's special that we have people that decide to do that. It's special that we, the people listening to the show, have all chosen that in some way we want to work with food. We want to work within hospitality to give other people experiences, to give them joy, to give them whatever they're seeking in life, to give a grandmother and her grandson time together and escape, to give a mom and her kids time to just enjoy themselves, which is probably you know a stressful situation, to commemorate a graduation, to honor a first date, 
to notice and care for maybe someone's last time going out with friends and family. You know, I've seen it all through restaurants and then through food in general. I've served those who are going on dates. I've served those who are celebrating anniversaries. I've served those who were entering hospice care and wanted one last meal. Every single person in food that makes this this whole thing tick, this whole thing move forward is important. And a key takeaway for me is you, if you don't ever spend the time to realize that, to recognize that, to talk to people, you'll never truly get it. And you'll never be fully ingrained in what it means to be a chef or a cook or someone in this industry. It's important to notice people. It's important to talk to people. And it's important to recognize that everyone has value. I think a lot of the toxicity comes from this idea that you're moving up and those below you, they should suffer because you did, or they should have to do things because you did at that level. And this top-down negative approach, just it sucks. It's broken. It's why people left the industry during COVID. It's why we're still having struggle. We're still struggling to staff back up. So that's it. That's, that's a key thing. Understanding that everyone holds value. And that is why I wanted to bring it up because it's super important. Number three, we are a group of deep, empathetic people. I think this one's really important as well. I know this from being, from myself. I am super emotional. I'm very tied into my job. I'm very tied into line cook thoughts and success and moving forward. And I'm very, and I feel for other people when they're trying to start something or when they're trying to work on something or when they're trying to succeed. We as a group of people that are just, we're just so, I feel like we're just all in tune. We, I feel like cooking is such a emotional process and that when you put yourself out there, when you're working your ass off, when you're busting yourself to really just move forward in your career and you're really trying to like create great dishes or great experiences or really trying to nail down a recipe or really trying to study for a sommelier test, whenever you, whatever you're doing, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself at risk. You're putting yourself on the line at risk of failure, at risk of not knowing, at risk of hard work. We're all really emotional. And I feel like we're all really empathetic. You kind of have to be if you're going to be good in food because you need to understand what customers want. And I think that I know this for myself. I struggled a lot with recognizing that. I struggled to be able to separate what was a bad day from me being a total abject failure in the food world. The imposter syndrome coming in, the feeling that I'm not good enough, the feeling that I am not where I'm supposed to be, that I just don't deserve to be where I'm supposed to be. Even with this podcast, when COVID hit, having to execute out of restaurants, having to find new work, not really knowing why I deserve to have a podcast, why I deserve to get episode 200, why I deserve to talk to all of you. We're very emotional. We're very empathetic. And we're all, we, we probably all overthink. I know I do a ton more than I could ever share. But that's what makes us special. And that can be a good thing if we're able to harness it and channel, channel it. Easier said than done. I'm still working on it. But just a lesson to know that like, I've had some of the deepest and most empathetic conversations with people during a service or at work or at events. You all in this industry are amazing. Amazing at conversation, amazing at just getting down into the dirty stuff and just being able to talk about feelings, emotions. I know there's a stigma that everyone's really tough, but if you really are comfortable with your kitchen crew or your food crew, like, no, like we, you have deep conversations. 
And so I feel like I've really learned um, that this industry is full of thoughtful, caring, empathetic people. And to not forget that and to not, and to also act in a way where it's like, you know, for example, I remember like if you're a sous chef, for example, and you have someone that looks up to you, you barking at them or giving them a cold shoulder one day might ruin their day because they, they truly admire you. They see how you work. They see how you operate. So just keeping that in the back of your mind that like your actions and how you treat people obviously have consequences and that people feed off of your energy and you probably feed off of others as well. And that's how we work in food. And so that's just another lesson that I thought was really important to bring up. Number four, food is only the beginning. The rest is what matters. I truly think that food is, you know, learning the basics, learning your your fundamentals, learning basic skills is important. Knowing how to cook is important. The food that goes out is important. But that's just the beginning. Learning the financials, learning how to operate, learning how to manage a team, learning how to interact with vendors, learning how to build a brand, learning how to get your name out there. There's so many different things in food that are that is important. Food is just the beginning. And I learned this very quickly, especially during COVID. There was so much that I could apply myself to, and there was so much I needed to learn that wasn't food related. And I really, really hope that if you're listening to this and you're very focused on food, like when I left culinary school, all I wanted to do was cook and think about like making fine dining dishes. That was it. Didn't care about food costs, labor costs, staffing, scheduling, all of that. I knew it had to come at some point, but all I wanted to do was read the Flavor Bible, read Kitchen Confidential, and just cook. But the issue with that is that there's so much more going on around you, and you start to miss out on those important aspects, and you'll get to a place where you need to utilize those, and you just don't have the skill set. So keeping in mind that food, it's important. Good food is important. Good product is important to keep customers coming back. But if you only ever focus on the food and nothing else, then you're not going to be a fully fleshed out individual in the food world. You're not going to be a fully informed food professional. That's just the case. So you really, really, really need to make it a point to focus in on what else you're missing, what else you need to learn, what else is out there. Because without knowing any of that, you will not be as effective. Number five, others doubting you is the norm. I think it's super important also to recognize that people people are going to doubt you. People are going to question you, and for good reason. This industry is so steeped in tradition, and it's so steeped in just the ideas of what has happened before. This is one of the probably, it's such a longstanding industry, especially in restaurants. Whenever someone comes in and wants to try something new, there's always going to be doubt. And doubt is not always a negative. Doubt can be risk assessment, can be risk of management. But getting comfortable with the fact that people will kind of always doubt you and what you do, I think is an important skill to have. That being said, it's a skill to forge ahead as well. And it's the skill to not always have affirmation because you're not always going to get it. You can have affirmation on if the Bernays tastes good, if you cooked your steak well, if you set up your station right. You might not get affirmation on going out to start your own business, your own restaurant, start your own podcast, reaching out to people to have them on, starting your own food media, like writing business or whatever it is you want to start and create. 
most things in this industry, most people who have had to go out and build things and make successful businesses, brands, etc., faced a lot of doubt from others. Because going against the norm, especially in food, is not normal. Put your head down, cut your onions, do your prep, work your station, keep your knives sharp, keep your toque on, keep your apron clean. Doubt always comes in when something new or out of the norm is coming up. And being comfortable with that is key. And what that means is not needing every single person in the world to, to give you affirmation. And I struggle with that. It's hard for me to move on to different things. If I'm, they always, I always consult my best friends and family and people in general. And it's hard for me if there's not a solid consensus on doing something new. It is hard for me. And I've had to learn to just go for things that I know I have a gut feeling that I can pull off. It might take a lot of work and it might take a lot of time and effort, but I've proven out to myself that more often than not, that I'm okay with some people doubting me because that's just how life is. So letting people doubt you is okay and not expecting affirmation all the time is also super important. I think it's a very important skill. Learning is always going to happen. Always. You are never too smart enough to learn a new skill. You are never too (laughs) skilled enough to talk to someone who's new in the industry. New ideas, new skill sets, new everything comes all the time at you. It's just, are you open and receptive to receiving it? Taking courses outside of um, food. You know, I think one of the biggest things is when you get into food, you're always like, oh, I don't need to do this continued education or this course because I'm just a cook. I think you, you hinder yourself so much when you use that as an excuse. You can always be learning. And it doesn't have to be food related, business related, media related, uh, tech related. There's always things to be learning. There's always things to be trying out. You get one life to in one career to really focus in and learn what you're good at. And learning new things, pushing towards new things, all of that leads to more fulfillment, more opportunities, and just better outcomes for yourself. So why not go for it? So never being good enough or smart enough to learn, too smart enough, too good enough to learn, is key. And I have to remind myself that. Like, I've been doing line cook thoughts for four and a half years, and I have so much I have to still learn and figure out and focus in on and get advice from. Like, so much, so much. I think we all start to realize when you work in food, you you go to a even a fancy restaurant, you go there, and it's like, oh my God, like Michelin rated, even. I remember I got staged in these places, and from the outside, they just were so tight and so focused in. But even at those places, it felt like, Everyone's hair was kind of on fire and everything was just about to fall apart, but we'd make it. And it's just like, everyone's like that. That's just food. That's just restaurants. That's just the industry. We're always still figuring it out, it feels like. So when you get comfortable with that and you realize that, I think if you're always expecting to have to be a master at some point of everything that could happen, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. But if you're always managing your expectations and managing what you need to learn, it's not only going to help you out. It's going to be exciting for you. So that is my next lesson on that, or thing that I've learned at least. Number seven, your ego is often what is hindering you in the moment. Ego is the enemy. One of my favorite books by Ryan Holiday. And one of the things that I constantly, constantly need to remind myself, imagine the ego of someone who does a podcast where they're talking to themselves for over half an hour. <laughs> so ego. Yeah. You, as you get more progressed in food, 
I think your ego grows as well. And just to be able to say I was wrong or I might not know the answer or I might not have it right or there's a better way of doing something, that's important as all, everything else is. Like even now, whenever some like I feel like we all get to this point where it's like someone will suggest something and our first little resistance is, no, nah, I can't, like I'm not going to listen to you. Or no, like I, I got I got I know what I'm doing. And if we can learn to just like shove that aside and just be open to new critiques, new advice, new opportunities, I think that just goes a long way. Ego really holds you back because ego is the affirmation that you know it all. Ego is the affirmation that you're you're just good and you're great and you have nothing else to learn or prove. And ego is often the thing that protects you from feeling vulnerable, that protects you from feeling like you don't know it all. And when you rely on ego too much, the comfort of it, you really shut yourself off to what you could be, what your potential could be, where you could go within your career, within life. Turning off ego is hard and take it, from, like I said, from someone who literally talks to themselves for over half an hour a week <laughs> to be put out and listened to. Someone who runs a social media account with over 14,000 followers, someone who's on a new social media account trying to get people to follow them, trying to get people to learn, listen to them and Ego is involved in everything. When you get comfortable with that, when you realize that it's there and you have to manage it, and that can actually be very hindering, I think that's when you kind of get a lot of unlocks. So ego is the enemy. Ego is a hindrance, and you need to learn how to manage it. Number eight, at the end of the day, we want to feel like we accomplished something. When you do a job or when you give someone a task, tell them why they're doing it. When you ask someone to do something, give them bound, give them a creative boundary and let them focus in on that and tell them why it's important. We all want to feel like we've contributed within our work, within life. When we have meaningful tasks, when we have meaningful opportunities, that's when we start to really do well. I know from managing, I know, and from being managed, the worst thing you could ever say to someone when they ask why you're doing something is, oh, because I said so. When I actually explained to my cooks when I managed why we were doing things a certain way, maybe it's because a higher up wanted it done that way. Maybe it was going to yield a better product. Maybe it was going to help us save money. Maybe it would help us save time. When you actually explain to people and talk to them like you're on the same level on why you're doing a thing that you're the way you're doing and why you're doing a task or why you're asking them to do something, that just goes so much farther. We all want to feel like we're contributing. And when you give someone a task that has contribution to the overall goal, serving food, getting a solid product out, hitting a deadline, they're probably probably—they're more likely to do it. They're more likely to be bought in because they matter. And just getting annoyed because someone asks you why, it's just so childish. It's a childish framework to be in. It's a childish framework to live in. And even if it's like needs to get done right away and you don't have the time to explain, taking the time to go back and explaining why. But realizing that we all want to contribute or feel like we're contributing that we're making an impact, that what we do matters and has value, I think that's so freaking important. It's so lost on so many people. Number nine, time flies by we need to take action. Life is short. It's insane that I've done this for four and a half years. Like It really is, that we're at episode 200. As I was getting to this, I felt a lot of resistance. I'll be honest. I felt a lot of resistance making episode 200. 
because part of me wanted to do this. Part of me wanted to try to get a big name guest on. Part of me wanted to just do a new format. But what's made this podcast, I think, really click for the people that listen to it is just honesty and just this idea that we're a community. Me talking to you and you reaching out to me on Instagram or email or DM or wherever it may be and having conversations. But then I realized that three weeks had gone by and I hadn't recorded anything. And the resistance of going to do episode 200, the imposter syndrome of having an episode 200, and the fear of letting people down of episode 200. And all that time, time flew. Time keeps going on. And there'll be a day where I'm not here. There'll be a day when you're not here. There'll be a day when podcasts probably don't exist. The only thing that is constant is that time moves on. Memento mori is on my arm. It means remember death. Life is short. So take action. Do what you want to do in life. Focus in on what makes you passionate. Be around people that that make you passionate. Put yourself in environments that make you happy, that make you feel worthwhile. Life is hard. Cooking is hard and food is all hard. But at the same time, what's even harder is not doing the things that you're meant to do or not doing the things that you know you'd be good at or not doing the things that excite you. Time keeps moving forward and we lose more and more every day. So do things that you've been wanting to do. Set time to do things that you've been wanting to do and focus in on what it truly is that you want to leave in regards to legacy, impact, whatever it is. Because time keeps moving on and there will get a point where you're like, shit, I wish I would have done that. I've had to remind myself that all the time. Like, I get super stressed. I get anxious a lot. I deal with anxiety. I get in modes where I'm like, I can't, I just can't do things. And then I get to these points where it's just like, I just need to do it. I just need to sit down and do it and put myself and be present and just focus in on what I'm working on. Time keeps going on. You have to keep moving too. And the last lesson, number 10, is talking with cooks has just changed my perspective on life. So many of you have impacted me in so many ways. The countless people that keep in touch with me on my personal socials, on my online cook thoughts, people that have sent me recommendations for jobs, have sent me new opportunities in work, have all the people that have come on the show and taken time out of their busy, busy days all the people that share the posts, all the people that like the posts, share the podcast, share the newsletter, talk about it. The countless messages I get of your gratification for me doing the show, from running the page, from talking about topics. So many things go into the show and so much time has been spent into the line cook thoughts for myself. And to just really learn that if you dedicate time and effort into a message, into an idea, into a group of people that you really care about that no matter what, when you can actually sit down and say, I did this because I wanted to make content. I wanted to make a message. I wanted to put, bring people together. I wanted to share stories. Like the amount of pride I have on 200 episodes of the day's worth of content that I have of the 2000 plus posts on Instagram, countless people I've shared on there, the amount of pride I've had just in Saying that I did all that, to be like, yeah, I did that. Like you did, you did two hundred episodes of a show that you consistently shared people on your feed for years, that you've consistently kept in touch with people since day one. You've made friends and memories and experiences. Like it's all been so life changing, and it's all been from talking to people in the food world. 
the amount of interesting conversations, the amount of different books and ideas I've read and things I've gotten out of just listeners and followers and guests. Don't underestimate talking to people in the food industry. I truly think that that it's one of the greatest gifts we all have is we get to be close and we get to communicate with those in the food world. Geniuses, amazing people, hard workers, people, role models, they, they all consistently show up in the food industry and it's just truly awesome to be a part of it. Those are the 10 lessons I've learned from you all. Those are the 10 lessons I've learned from four and a half years of doing this show. Those are the 10 listen, lessons, still messing up on episode 200 on my words. Those are the lessons from 200 episodes of doing the Line Cook Thoughts podcast. Again, huge thank you. Thank you to the Line Cook Nation community. Thank you to everyone that follows. You know, I think there's a lot in life that we all go through and we all deal with. And I know that Line Cook Thoughts isn't, is probably like 0.005% of what you focus on throughout the day. But I will always forever be grateful for the people that tune in, that listen, that care, that show up, that believe that, you know, mental health is important, that positive energy is important, that kitchens aren't the only pathway in food, that we all deserve a voice, that things in the industry do need to change. The amount of gratitude I had for, I have for all of you and for all the effort you put into this community too is truly something I can never explain or something, something I can never share. So thank you all for 200 episodes. Thank you for listening to me talk. And yeah, it's just, it's truly been a pleasure. It's been an honor to do this podcast. I'm so, so grateful. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lonnie Cook Nation for everything. So there you have the end of episode 200. As always, you can go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email, and hit subscribe for the weekly newsletter that I put out called Prep List Items. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple, please leave a review. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 200. Go check out Line Cook Thoughts on Threads because I am super, super active. And as always, I will see you on the next Line Cook Thoughts podcast.